0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing more, retirement, Apple, tech. Uh, You you name it, we'll talk about it. We'll, We'll do our best, very, very, very best to do that. Uh, we can talk about the stock market. Coca-Cola. I'd like to buy the world of Coke. Um, good quarter. Good quarter. Pepsi, good quarter. Yeah, I'm liking it. Big international companies. Over 50% of that revenue comes from outside the United States, so you're investing in the world. You're getting some diverse th- diversity in who you know they're, they're, their money is being spent. Not a bad idea for the long-term patient investor. If you're 20 and you don't know where to start, start looking at what's worked over the last 30 or 40 years. Because that's your time frame now. It's 20, 30, 40 years. If you're 50, maybe Coke isn't the right investment for you. Maybe it is. If you have enough money, you look at the last 10 years, and maybe it was like a, a smaller return in the market. But you're like, well, it wasn't really volatile. I was able to sleep at night. I knew people were going to be buying Coca-Cola. Do You see where I'm going at with this? Um, you have to fit the stocks to you. For instance, Lyft has only been around... 30 days and now analysts are coming out and saying we like that company oddly enough we did business with that company and helped them bring it public they scratched our back and we're coming out and saying nice things about them next quarter maybe not so that's out there and lyft has been around 30 days so my expectation to hold Lyft would be 20 days or less i don't see enough history there to make me feel comfy now there's something going on that could have some potential negative ramifications. That's the price of oil. It's the, probably the second or third time I've mentioned that this year. Is Donald Trump has a thing where he wants to get some victories for the conservative Republican base. Huge. And one of the groups that conservative Republicans hate are Iranians. Um, oh, we don't like them. So Trump's is doing everything they can to stop oil from coming out of Iran. They're a big oil producer. I believe, do not hold me accountable on this, the second largest of OPEC. Now, again, I haven't looked in the last few years, to be quite honest with you. It used to be. So don't get mad at me if I'm wrong, because i work a advisor taking action on any stocks mentioned on the show. Um, but the market looks looks like it's responding better to better than expected earnings results, and we're starting to think, okay, uh, earnings. Earnings have been helped with corporate tax cuts, right? But that was so last year, and the help is in the first four quarters after the tax cuts. The the major help, because the comparables to last year without the tax cuts are easier for these companies. If you have to make the same as you did in revenue last year, this year versus last year, and you're paying less taxes, you're going to probably be okay. It's a little bit of financial engineering going on, right? Better than expected results from United Technologies. They make things like elevators. Boring! But take a look at the last 10, 20, 30 years of United Technologies, and you'll love it. You'll love it. You'll love it. You'll love it. Uh, Verizon better than expected. Now, I like Verizon for a little bit of growth and income, maybe moderate growth at times if you can buy it on a big dip. I like AT&T for income but not growth. So if I was 60, I might buy some AT&T for my my income and retirement. Now, I'm going to have to offset that with some bonds because I just went kind of crazy and like got my hair all razzle up. Woo! That was fun. So if you get something like AT&T in retirement, you have to get something like bonds to kind of like temper it. Lockheed Martin, better than expected results. Whirlpool, better than expected results. Harley Davidson, better than expected results. Procter Gamble, better than expected results. So that's a pretty broad swath, right? You got motorcycles and dishwashers and missiles and planes and Internet connectors and service providers for phones and soda, sugar, water, orange juice, Uh that's pretty broad. That's telling you something, right? Earnings season is telling you US consumers' jobs are spending money. Internationally, a lot of these companies are telling us people are still buying our product. Twitter and Hasbro, pleased investors. Oh man, Hasbro, talking about a company that is not necessarily aged quite as well with generations. Mattel and, and Hasbro have had problems. You know, Mattel is the easy one to go after, Matchbox cars. For boys, right? What, what has that been replaced with? Fortnite and Call of Duty. Video games. I see more young people playing video games than, than I would ever have thought. And when I'm talking young, I'm talking like five, six. I'll play a little bit of Fortnite on occasion. Kind of brush up on what the, the kiddies are, are pay- playing, right? See how, what the community looks like. And I'll tell you what. There's a lot of small kids on that platform. Um, Mattel. So Matchbox Cars, Mattel. Barbie, Mattel. Um, I don't think, and again, I could be wrong on this, and this could just be an old man talking. I don't think any woman under the age of thirty five knows who Barbie is, or would give their daughter a Barbie. In large part, because there's that 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 period of time where we're like, why is her chest so exaggerated and her legs so long, and she's gorgeous. So now they're making like different versions that aren't quite so exaggerated. Again, kids aren't really necessarily... They're more into apps than they are into plastic uh, toys. But Hasbro is up 15.8%. They got the action figure market for superheroes and Star Wars. That's what's helping them. Twitter, better than expected results, up 7.5%. percent Woohoo! They finally settled in. They've kind of like broke away from that, oh, snap days where everyone was leaving them for dead. And Twitter's doing a nice job. Uh, nice enough to be acquired. That's my guess. And again, not this year. I don't make predictions like that, but someone's going to want those millions and millions and millions of people checking their, their tweets. And I feel like Twitter's for old people, because I love it for news. If I did care about celebrities, which I don't, I would love it for that, um, but not much else. For communication, there's instant message for me. Uh, and I'm also not one of those people to hit up my Twitter page and like spam me and like, Oh, uh, hey, Twitter and LinkedIn, I don't, I don't go crazy over. There's just too much of it, right? Amazon made a deal with Kohl's. This is a good deal for Kohl's. And it's also a pretty good deal for Amazon. Amazon doesn't like talking about returns. Can you imagine? You buy a pair of shoes from Amazon and they make their way to your house and they're like, either the wrong pair or they don't quite fit well enough, so you send them back. Amazon doesn't like about people talking about sending stuff back because they lose. They lose in shipping, right? Free returns. So Kohl's is saying, hey, we can help you with this. And we'll give up space in 200 plus stores. At the back of our store, so when Rob goes to repair some sneakers, uh, return some sneakers, or a bicycle that he built that was just too small, he can just go into Kohl's, throw it in the back room, and they'll pack it up and ship it back to Amazon. And Rob, me, the great Rob Black, might try, you know, walk out of the store Kohl's and go, woo look at that, I could use a pair of jeans or, or a soda from the vending machine or whatever they sell at Kohl's, right? Yeah, yeah, plus Amazon gets to uh, buy some stock options in Kohl's in the deal. I'm Rob Black talking all, 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 all things financial. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Big seminar coming up. You can learn more about it at Rob Black's show and use code radio25. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Addo. hello. hello. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Now, REITs, Real Estate Investment Trust, have started doing really well. Why? Well, in 2018, in the last couple of months of the quarter, or months of the year, uh, maybe four or five months, interest rates really started marching higher. Like, I got a, a, a refi done with lower interest rates at the beginning of 2018, and I was, it was great. And then it started marching higher, it started marching higher and higher, and I couldn't do it. And because I couldn't do it, a lot of people are like, hey, it's, hey, it's less effective. So real estate investment trusts, which invest in public buildings, not public buildings, but public it's a publicly traded company, a REIT, and they invest in businesses. Like the office that you're in right now, your company probably doesn't own. They're probably leasing it from someone. I know you're saying, I'm not in an office. I'm in my bed. And then, I, and then I'm saying like, who listens to Draw Black and your money in their bed? Like maybe I need some sexy time music playing when I'm talking to you to get you up in the morning. But interest rates, yeah. Real estate finds lower interest rates sexy. Now, lower interest rates with the U.S. government, it's basically saying, hey, the economy is not sexy. The economy needs help. Or maybe the world economy needs help. So we've lowered the interest rates. That helps the stock market and the real estate market because the cost of borrowing money is cheaper. When we had that really, really brutal Great Recession 2008, rates went so low I saw Apple say, you know what? We're going to borrow a lot of money. We're going to make our spaceship office building. We're going to own it. But we're going to borrow that money, and then we're going to build it. At the end of 2018, they probably said, hey, interest rates are too high. We're going to lease our buildings from another company. But when they went low, they were like, hey, we're moving. And the company is like REITs Real Estate Investment Trust. They're in the business of lending, not not lending money, but um, borrowing money and getting into business spaces and then managing that business. On some level, you know, uh, if you lease an office building, you have to have like janitors and you have to pay the water bills and things like that, right? If you own the, the property, you have to give your tenants like service. You can't just say, I'm a slumlord. Good luck. Right. Um, so anyway, that is one of the big stories right now. Real estate investment trusts are doing well. Now, do I think it's a good thing long term for interest rates to be super low? No. Do I think we're at a, a new era? Yeah, because it's been 20 years now, ever since 9-11, We've been battling the world economy with lower interest rates. Terrorism takes a, you know, do I want to go to Sri Lanka? No. There's terrorism there. So anytime there's terrorism, it slows down economic activity. So on some levels, they do win, right? On some levels, they do. The best thing you could ever do if you want to fight terrorism is go to Sri Lanka. <laughs> You're, saying, You're not sending me to Sri Lanka. Um, but I remember after 9-11, people got so scared, they'd call my show, and I'd say, like, hey, best thing you can do is go to a mall. Who spends money? Show terrorists that you're you're not rattled by them. And I know you're saying that's not the best financial advice. Well, there's there's something in there. I'll admit that there's some flaws. U.S. existing home U.S. existing home sales fell more than expected in March. Now, what do we need to know about that? Not much. It's just one month, uh, but it's pointing to a continued weakness in the housing market. Now. I own some real estate. Am I sweating it? No. I've had eight great years on one piece. I've had 15 great years on another. I've had 12 great years on another. Not not of all of those great. There was years where things went down. I'm like, man, I could really use some extra cash flow. (laughs) But the big picture I'm good with. Would I buy a brand new home today in the the, uh, uh, peninsula of the the Bay Area? No. Maybe a brand new home, but not an existing home, right? Um, I think, obviously, the trend for homes is smaller in the Bay Area. That's the only way to go forward. If you're going to price it on square foot, there's not going to be a lot of people buying 3,000 square foot houses. So U.S. home sales fell more than expected in March, pointing to a continued weakness in the housing market. The National Association of Realtors, also known as NAR, said existing home sales dropped 4.9% to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 5.2 million. So if you have a realtor telling you real estate's a great investment, it's always going to up. tell them to go flake off. You know? Say, you don't know what you're talking about. And real estate shouldn't grow faster than wages and if you ever listen to economists they'll say in the last 30 years you haven't really got more purchasing power your wages haven't increased as much as cost of things so the best time to be an american and and not make a ton of money was 30 years ago because it went further than what you did make so that's gonna be a problem down the road for people affording homes i know people who are 25 who they've given up on owning a home it ain't their thing and we'll talk a little bit more about that. Existing home sales, which make up about 90% of the U.S. home sales market, declined 5.4%. That's the 13th straight year-on-year decrease in home sales. Falling mortgage rates, strengthening wage growth, a lot of states have upped uh, minimum wage. And slowing high house price inflation have improved affordability. You know, realtors say real estate always goes up. My real estate hasn't gone up in the last three years. I could have sold it three years ago in the Bay Area. A home for $2 million, Dave, I would sell it. It might go for two one. It might go for one nine. You know what I would pay for that home in, like, Virginia or Ohio or you name it? It would be almost half of what I'm paying in the Bay Area. That's big money. So falling mortgage rates, helping. Strengthening wage growth, helping. Slowing home price appreciation, inflation, helping. Housing supply remains tight. I've thought about leaving the Bay Area, maybe moving an hour or two east, maybe an hour or two north, maybe eight hours south. And I I go, what would I do with my current property on the peninsula? And I I was like, I want to keep it because I got such a low mortgage rate. Talking about low interest rates, right? I got such a low mortgage rate on it. I could put a renter in it. Good school districts. It's on the peninsula. It's close to Google. It's close to Facebook. It's close to, you get. You got the idea, right, Apple? And I could probably make double my mortgage payment. Woo-hoo! But, and this is where it comes into trouble, is what if I what if I lose a renter and suddenly my cash flow is struggling, right? I talked to someone the other day in San Mateo and she was showing me her backyard. And that's not a euphemism for anything. She's really showing me her backyard. And I'm like, this is a great backyard. You've got a great water feature on it and you know, got a lot of grass and got a lot of shade. And she goes, oh, you should have seen it when we rented the place eight years ago. There was th- like thistle. I'm not quite sure that's what it is. it is. It's tall grass and it looks really white trashy. That was like three feet high. And in all that thistle were beer bottles because the were, I'm not going to say rednecks. Um, all the people that had lived there before would just throw their empties in the backyard. Oh, it's fun having a renter, huh? But anyway, what was interesting about that was as I was talking to her, I was like, you've been renting for nine years? And like, she's a grown woman. I'm like, why not buy? Oh, we always thought we we're going to only be here for a year. And then it was another year and then another year. And we bought a kangaroo. I'm like, you bought a kangaroo? She goes, we didn't buy a kangaroo. But they, they spent a lot of money fixing up the their place for the, the landlord, right? You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Big seminar coming up. Sign up for it at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black's Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220, KDOW. It's kind of interesting. Uh... One of the things I was recently studying up on is millennials. You know, it's, it's an obvious target when you're talking about investment ideas, whether it be into real estate or what do they like. Like, they don't seem to like sports. And there's a company called Bleacher Report who is, is trying to say, okay, ESPN's for old people like Rob. Bleacher Report is for, you know, people who are like twenty twenty five, and they're opening up a studio in a, a casino. Maybe that saves sports. Maybe younger people go to a casino, or maybe young people say, hey, that's a hip, young media company. I'm thinking Bleach Report probably launches a cable channel or a network sooner than later and jumps off the internet, so to speak, but we'll talk about that later. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare from Briefing.com, one of my favorite places to start my day. Uh, Your Page One, account. It's been a couple weeks, Mr. O'Hare. I had spring break. You had spring break. Welcome back.
1: Yeah. Hi, Rob. Thanks. Good to be back.
0: So... Talking about sporting events, and I just, one father to another, do your kids care about sports? Because mine tend not to.
1: Uh, They do care, yes. Um, They probably get that from their father, though. (laughs)
0: Uh, Take them to a lot of Bulls games and Bears. The Bears. (laughs)
1: Well, I can't, you know, can't afford to go to those games, but we you know, watch them on TV. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a, a cheap uh, undertaking. Uh, I have a family of six, so uh, headed oh, to yeah. the Bulls or the Cubs or the Bears, is you need to take out a loan to do it these days.
0: <laughs> inflation. So when we were younger, it was a lot cheaper. Do you worry about inflation much? Are you on the dovish or the hawkish side, or things will work themselves out? You kind of let that one go. Uh, what are your thoughts on inflation in the United States?
1: Well I suppose you know I can answer as a market analyst first and just you know say that you know job is to kind of sit there and and uh, take stock of what you know the data is telling us and the, particularly the data that the Federal Reserve uh, cares most about and you know when it comes to inflation the Federal Reserve is going to be looking at the the PCE price index uh, which is a gauge of basically general price inflation and that's Looking very well behaved still, and uh, and you know, and that will help drive monetary policy. And because it is well behaved, holding you know below the Fed's two two percent inflation target, certainly on the the core PCE price index, uh, you don't necessarily have to fear a Fed rate hike anytime uh, soon. And so, um, so you know, do I worry about it? Um, sh- you know, sure, uh, because you have to worry about if you do get this uh, quick pickup in inflation, if you will, uh, then the Fed may feel as if it's behind the curve all of a sudden and be forced to, you know, raise rates in a manner that the, the market is not, not expecting. And uh, to that end, you know, the Fed Funds Futures Market is certainly not expecting a rate hike at all this year. And... And it's a you know, pretty much a coin toss right now in terms of the probability as it relates to the prospect of a rate cut uh, by the December FOMC meeting.
0: So, one area that we are seeing some potential inflation coming down the road, which will sap the consumers, it seems like we're trending higher in oil prices and are, we're seeing inflation in gas prices. Um, I was shocked recently. man. We're like 4.15 here in California. Don't know what you are in Chicago, but I know it's not 4.15 because we're in California. <laughs> Um, yeah. With that said, um, you think the oil price is going to become a story? Because I'm seeing you reported a little bit more on it in your um, your opening comments, your page one every day.
1: Right. You know. Well, we'll certainly be, you know enter the, the mainstream media. I think if you continue to see gas prices, um, you know, move up, um, particularly since you've also have this uh, trend in the um, automotive market where uh, pretty much you know cars are being Set aside, and you have you know SUVs and and pickup trucks uh, being in in heavy demand, and so um, they have big gas tanks, and so when you see you know gasoline prices uh, move up, um, you're going to start to hear, I think, more. Uh, um, in the mainstream in terms of how that could potentially uh, weigh on discretionary spending. But you would note that the offset to some of those arguments at these current price levels is that you do see, you know, wages picking up. Um, And that can be uh, certainly an offset to some of the gas price impact, uh, as well as just uh, strong feelings about job security, right? Um, You get consumers who are employed and feel good about continued employment prospects. You know, they continue to... typically continue to spend um, uh, pretty freely. And so um, so there'll be some hits here and there, but uh, generally speaking right now, I mean, gas prices are, are not quite on the market's radar screen yet as a, uh, as a major impediment uh, for the consumer.
0: Mm-hmm. So change topics ever so slightly, because we're starting to hit broad and it's awesome stuff. Um, it's earnings season, and I, I think that's one area where Briefing. dot com really, really shines. If you don't have time to listen to the conference call, if you can't put together your own spreadsheets, if you can't, you know, tune in. Um, I think, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not being kind. I'm being honest. I think Briefing does a great job. And you, you know, you did a little reporting this morning saying United Tech, Coca Cola, Verizon, Lockheed Martin, Whirlpool, Harley Davidson, Procter Gamble, all better than expected earnings. And I'm not going to put you in a, uh, under pressure, but that's a pretty diverse group of us consumers and world consumers and that that looks pretty good to me that's more than one industry
1: well you're right rob and i think that that has been kind of one of the supportive elements uh, as it relates in to today's trading anyway is that your, your takeaway is that you've got a broad-based group of uh, blue chip companies that are out posting better than expected results um, I don't think that the um, that they're better than expected though is necessarily a huge surprise and given what we know about what analysts do in front of an earnings reporting period in that they they typically uh, take down their estimates uh, more than is necessary which creates a low bar for these companies to, to get past but you know I would probably point though to the idea that you're seeing um, you know organic sales growth in um, multinational consumer-based companies like Kimberly-Clark and Procter and Gamble. Um, you know these are companies that compete with generic competitors that often have lower prices, and yet they're still seeing pretty good. Uh, organic sales growth, all things considered, which is, I think, a healthy indication in terms of where the consumer is right now, in that they're they're willing to pay up for the branded product uh, as opposed to just looking for a substitution effect with these uh, lower generic items.
0: <laughs> it's interesting that you say that because um, you know I do a radio show and I have to create ten hours of content plus a week, and I do some podcasts and things like that, and one of the the pieces I put together a couple of years ago was that if you're college educated, you're more likely to buy generic. If you're high school educated, you're more likely to buy brands. And, you know, we talk about that and brands are typically more expensive than generic brands, uh, name brands, are more expensive than generic brands. Do you, do you put any faith in people like me <laughs> who say you should buy generic, uh, drugs and generic Tylenol and generic aspirin? And like, I don't know. It's just, it's an odd conversation point right now.
1: Well, I think you and I are cut from the same cloth then, you know, because, um, you know, I would tend to favor, you know, the generic product as well, because, um, you know, from my experience and just the, you know, the use of those products, I don't really see any any glaring differences, with the exception of Kellogg's Pop-Tarts. I will pay up for those, um, so, um, but, yeah, you know... There is still, you know, really um, strong base though of consumers that that you know want brand quality and uh, the brand that they, you know, can rely on and and um, and these big companies like the Procter and Gamble of the world um, certainly do a very good job of marketing their their message and and that connects and you know in an environment where underlying economic. Activity is, is relatively solid and income growth is is okay. Um, you do see you know consumers show a propensity to to pay up for those branded products, but uh, but that'll shift some. Obviously, if you get into a period where the, the economy uh, doesn't necessarily have to go into contraction, but but uh, slows down considerably, uh, and you start seeing a pickup in uh, in jobless claims.
0: <laughs> so I've controlled with some pretty softball kind of thoughts. Let's throw uh, back to you now and say, what are you working on? What do we need to be aware of? Uh, What are your your big columns coming up for briefing.com?
1: Well, I'm kind of touched on it, you know because it's sort of in the, in the meat of the earnings reporting period here right now, and uh, this week is particularly heavy with about 30% of S and P 500 companies uh, due to report their results, uh, and you're going to get a nice cross section of companies uh, out of the industrials and the technology sectors, and as well as healthcare, and so so we'll have some uh, some takeaway points uh, by the end of the week uh, that will likely you know f- uh, form a basis perhaps for uh, for a big picture column but keeping a closer watch on the, on the the earnings and certainly the market's reaction to those earnings results.
0: Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare. Talk to you next Tuesday. Hopefully it's Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com. I like briefing.com, an enormous source of information on both international and national stocks and economies and earnings surprises. And the, the amount of data there is pretty, pretty solid. And uh, it's, when you find a good data source, it's super important, especially when you're dealing with money and finance. So anyway, that's briefing.com. We'll talk to Mr. O'Hare next week at this time. Um, I've worked now with him on some level for a long time, and uh, he's a good person. Like, uh, you know, sometimes you're at work and you're like, uh, you're like, eh, that person seems kind of to themselves. I don't know how to ever know them in life outside of this, but I'd like to get to know him better. Is what I'm trying to say. Anyway, um, I'm digressing, as I'm prone to do. Elon Musk. Oh, Elon. He's upsetting me somehow, some way, some shape, some form. Uh, Yesterday, they're having a car autonomy day. He's trying to make up a holiday. And um, he's saying some things that I don't think he should be saying. He's saying we'll have fully self-driving Teslas this year. We already know that's coming. So if he tells that to us and it doesn't happen, he's the CEO of that company. He—I'm not saying the word liable, but he has to be responsible. And so far in the past, some you know commentary, like at one point in time, like I remember four or five years ago, listening to him, he's like, "Oh yeah, we'll eventually turn our cars that aren't being used or sold into robo taxis because they can come grab you and drive you around." And he's bashing lidar, uh, radar systems. So it's it's just interesting. I'm just. My thought is, he's on the clock again now for Deliver Self-Driving Cars this year, by the end of December 31st. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Samsung had to delay the Galaxy foldable phone. Probably a good thing that they did, because it's clear that the technology is just not ready for prime time question is the ramifications on it it was galaxy folders a phone and a tablet and it was going to cost $1,980 so they folded and said we need to look into this a little bit more because all the review not all the review units we sent out but some of them have big problems like broken screen and samsung's not in the business of giving out a $2,000 piece of electronics and then giving you another one to replace it uh, i myself here's the problem that i have with yet another device i'm pretty happy with my iphone 10 I know you're saying, is that it? You have nothing else to say. You're pretty happy with it. Uh Um, For me, and I've said this before, I once knew a younger person than me, and um, she was in her 30s. She was kind of an old millennial. And uh, she goes, she said to me one day, she goes, I don't like cables. I'm like, what? She had vocal fry, which I think is fantastic. She has vocal fry. I really like The Bachelor. Ah, oh, he saw a Um, But she's like, I don't want cables. I'm like, what? You don't like Kate? And she, she didn't want things in, to plug in. So for me, I like my Apple phone. And I'm going to go with her angle. I just don't want another pair of, ca- of cables. I, just want, I don't want any more charging things. And I, I really don't need a tablet. I watch all of my little TV on my Netflix on my phone. I'm fine with that at the gym. I've already got the earbuds for it. I don't need anything else. Like, I'm set for a year two years or something like that. And then the idea of, like, hey, honey, have you seen my phone? Hey, honey, have you seen my f- my fold? It just doesn't, no, I, we don't need more devices, do we? A small tablet, a foldable phone? No, I don't feel it. The front display looks odd compared with today's full screen phones with a very thick top and bottom bezels. It's had some problems. It's had some pluses and minuses. And what's gonna be interesting about it is, do they come back to the market? How soon with it? You have to have a screen protector and that kind of, it's a piece of plastic that goes on it. And it stops it from when unfolding, from making a crease when you unfold it. Fold, unfold, fold, unfold, crease. Think about that on a piece of electronics, right? Not good. There's a noticeable gap between the edges of the screen protector and the actual side of the display potentially leaving room for dust and lint to accumulate it's not ideal just throw it out there for you um now you remember the galaxy s10 smartphone and you know that's out there right now that's a thousand dollars and that's kind of like the whole apple 10 there's an eight inch samsung tablet which costs 250 bucks so why not just buy a 250 dollar eight inch tablet and a thousand dollar galaxy smartphone and save 750 dollars from getting a two-in-one kind of product now maybe people are going to love the two-in-one kind of product i myself yeah not so much um, the good news on the Samsung phone is that they make beautiful screens and it's portable to, for phones and tablets. So it's got that going for them. The crease that runs down the middle of the display is noticeable and that's a problem. Good news is it's got really long battery life. It's a two in one device and in theory you, you don't want it to drain faster than either one of the devices you're currently using to replace that. So they're moving in the right direction. But more bad news, the fold screen can feel too small and cramped when it's closed. Uh, because they didn't want a giant phone, they wanted a small tablet. It's kind of on the lean side. Now, again, the aspect ratios are kind of what I'm talking about here, and not so much, you know, do you want it, put it in your pocket. I don't know. Um, just from some really, really small, t- you know, looks into this, I don't think it's a product that has a lot of demand, but maybe they can create it. I don't know. You know how Apple's trying to create demand with their phones by coming up with an augmented reality kit. And they're trying to like, I don't know, we need that. Do we need 3D TVs? I don't know. The the thing that killed 3D TVs for me was the concept or the idea of me coming over to your house and watching the Super Bowl um, and putting on goggles. So I'm going to sit next to you. Me and my my best buddy, Zachary, are going to sit down, have a couple beers, and watch the big game. And we're going to put goggles on and watch the game i'm gonna look at him i'm gonna say you look so stupid man and he's gonna look at me and he's go you look stupid so that just wasn't gonna fly for me no 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 it's not even a punchline it's just that's that's how you would feel right i think so um so another negative on the fold is it's twice as expensive as an iphone you know 10 or 11 or whatever we're at now $2,000 for a piece of technology that you eventually go, this thing's slow. Oh, man, it's cameras broken now, or it's glass broken. It does have a good camera. That's another positive. Um, But it doesn't support Samsung's S-Pen stylus, which I still haven't picked up a a stylus for any Apple products. At one point in time, man, Steve Jobs, he hated the stylus. If you believe in, in dead people coming back to haunt, he may haunt... Cook from from Apple for really pushing the new Apple Pen that comes with most Al- iPad Pros now. Uh, I don't know. I'm just not. I'm not. I don't need it. The apps runs great on Samsung on the fold, but it can be hard to use one handed when open. And for me, I watch. I use my phone one handed, right? I don't need super big phones, and that's. It, it's kind of funny because it, it, the way things are moving in and out of fashion and, and in Fuego, out of Fuego, I, I still want like a five inch, five and a half inch. When does it become too big and it becomes a tablet? I don't have an answer for you. I don't even have close to an answer for you. Um, great story out of the SF gate this weekend about a, a woman who's a hairdresser who flies back and forth to San Francisco four times a month from Phoenix. She cuts hair. And she flies at $190 round trip flight. That's is that, $800 a month? She makes more money cutting hair in San Francisco and flying back and forth, living with her mom in San Francisco and living with her family in Phoenix. Crazy times. Find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com.